it's the hardest thing I've ever done next to losing Taylor. Yes. And yeah, I did it twice. Yeah. I went back to a second retreat. Yeah. And that kind of makes me think about the question people say, well, if it's so powerful and it's so good and it's 10 years in one ceremony, why are you going back? And all I can really say to that is I feel like there's always more work to be done. In your first experience, you may not get completely what you need out of it and you might need to go a little deeper. Some people can do it once and they're done and they never have to go back again. Wow. And then there's other people that are continually learning and growing and doing more work. And it does change you. Hi, I'm Deanna Robbins. And I'm Christy North. Welcome to Pieces of a Woman podcast, where we explore all the pieces that make up a woman, mind, body, and soul. By embracing all complexities of being a woman, our goal is to share real stories that inspire growth and empower all women to be the best versions of themselves. And as Maya Angelou so eloquently said, when we know better, we do better. Thank you for taking this journey with us. Welcome, everyone. Well, today I am really excited to actually kind of turn the mic back on Christy for a recent experience that she had. We talked about it before. We talked. We started talking about it in the end of 21, and you've had now two recent trips, and today's episode is all about ayahuasca. And I'm sure some of you have had questions. What is it? And that's what we want to start off with is, Christy, just tell us, what is ayahuasca? Well, I think it's important to also maybe just put out there that while this was my journey and my experience, I'm a full believer in the medicine, but I know there's a lot of controversy over it. And so we're not saying that this is what everybody should do or consider. Ayahuasca, just first and foremost, is a medicine that calls to you. So if you're listening to this episode, there's a chance that this is your awakening moment that ayahuasca is possibly calling to you to maybe just do some research take a look at what the benefits are, and then maybe start asking the questions if this is something that you should be looking at for your own journey, yeah, whatever well, that is. And I'm glad you said that because yeah, disclaimer, this is not, we're not, we're not endorsing this by any means. This is your personal journey, Correct. but just also an education of for like, I did not know what ayahuasca even was until you and Leanne and Jeff, you know, you all brought it to the conversation and I said, what is even ayahuasca? So what is it first? Well, and you know, you, you've kind of looked up as well. So it's a psychedelic brew. Yes. And it originates from the indigenous people in the Amazon. Typically, you'll hear that ayahuasca is used in Ecuador, Colombia, Peru, and Brazil. And it's been used as a plant medicine for hundreds and hundreds of years with ancestors that date back centuries. Yeah. Um, and it's becoming more popular with us, the Westerners, in terms of us exploring it and it being more relevant for people that are struggling with PTSD, depression, anxiety, uh, addiction. But the name ayahuasca originates from the Quechua language where aya means soul or ancestors and wasca means vine or rope. So most people translate this as vine of the soul. And as we talk about it, that will make more sense in terms of what you're kind of digging into and who you're connecting with and how that 
translates to the healing that you experience from utilizing this method. Yeah. So that's really informative. So to be clear, it's a plant-based medicine is how they refer to it. And I read that, yeah, it's from bark of a South American woody vine and leaves from a plant, charcruna, is what the foundation of this medicine is. And it's been referred to as spiritual medicine, psychiatric brew. So you just said that. So, okay. So that's the medicine, but there's so much more than just the medicine. Tell us how the process works, because you have now been on two ayahuasca retreats in Costa Rica. So what is the point of the retreat? How long do they last? Tell us how they use the medicine. How does it all come together? So I'll kind of start with how ayahuasca kind of started calling for me and my own personal experience with it. And it was back in 2021. I don't think I'd even heard of the term ayahuasca. Like most people that it's kind of a new hip thing to do, I I would say for lack of a better way to describe it. But what it comes down to is, you know, we talked about the calling and the messaging that happens. And for me, believe it or not, and and this is going to kind of sound a little crazy, is the introduction to it came from that episode, Nine Perfect Strangers. And so the the movie that is based on a bunch of people from different backgrounds, different life challenges show up at this retreat. And they think they're going there for certain healing, disconnecting from the world and kind of going in and maybe doing a new start. So kind of like what I do every year, my solo trip where I just go in. And and so in this case, the show is kind of a drama slash comedy slash it's got some some aspects to it that I think are true to the medicine. And then it's got some really embellished aspects. So I wouldn't suggest that this is a great movie to watch. If you want to get a total background on ayahuasca, there's some amazing documentaries out there that give a lot more information, but this was kind of a fun show that brought in a whole bunch of different pieces that for me, it was just kind of intriguing. I was like, Oh yeah, this is, this, what is this? What is, I've never heard of it. And they actually called it something different. But at any rate, after seeing the documentary, or not, I'm not going to say documentary. It was not a documentary. It was a drama. But after seeing that, I was so intrigued because there was a part of the show that actually resonated with me personally. And it was about a family that had lost their son. Yeah. And they took their family to this retreat and it turned out that they were unaware that they were being microdosed with this medicine. Oh, wow. And so much stuff unfolded from it. And based on what they were experiencing with this medicine, I thought, wow, if that can happen, then maybe I need to look it's- at this. And, and for selfish reasons, it was a connection with, the, with their child. And so... Going into it with that goal in mind was probably not the best approach for me personally, but it was what got me to at least experience it. And so I started researching, Googling ayahuasca retreats because I didn't even know that they existed. And there were a couple of places that came up in the search. And I spent probably the following couple of months just reviewing YouTube videos. People were given testimonials at the different resorts that they'd experienced. A lot of people were, you know, sharing their journey for the entire process of their week. And so I was able to kind of go in and dissect a lot of that and then eventually resolve to, I think, I think this is something I want to do. I, yeah. I think I want to experience it. And in that process, I had learned all these benefits from the medicine and that, 
It's like 10 years of therapy in one ceremony. And hearing that and seeing that and reading that, I thought, well, shit, (laughs) if I can do 10 years of therapy in one ceremony, that would be worth it. And so I, I booked the trip. I will say as much research as I did, I really didn't know what I was actually walking into. And I thought that I had a pretty good handle on it. So looking back, I was a little oblivious to what I was actually going to be like taking and what those effects were going to have on my brain, on my body, as far as what everyone hears and knows regarding the purging aspect, which we'll get into. But the other was that, you know, you're taking a psychedelic. Yeah. And although I kind of knew that, I still don't think I was mentally prepared for what that was going to, that experience was going to entail. Yeah. And maybe that was a good thing. I don't know. Yeah. And before you dive into that, because I want to hear, like, get into more really the nuts and bolts of how it all works, because so many people are dealing with anxiety, depression, PTSD is a big one, like you talked about earlier, vets coming back and having PTSD, but people deal with PTSD from all other reasons. Right. But there has been a big movement in, and I was sharing with you prior, a year, about a year and a half, two years ago, I saw an episode on, so just so our listeners know, this is not like brand new. No. In the United States, they are actually using LSD, doctor supervised, to help these very same things. But that is not a plant-based medicine. It's not considered plant and medicine. It's not considered, it's an acid, it's a like right. it's a it's a drug where right. this ayahuasca is plant-based. And there is a different process. Like I watched the episode of how they treat these patients. So much success have come from it. But I want to dive into a little bit deeper. So you're talking about, oh man, I'm taking a a hallucinogenic, but it's in a controlled environment, but there's so many more pieces to it. So tell us what the, tell our listeners, like what, what does the retreat look like? What do you go into? What's your everyday look like? Well, you know, there's obviously different experiences you can get. Okay. Uh, They, there are offers, you know, like going to Peru and going in the jungle and just doing this raw, like in the middle of nowhere type of experience with taking okay. my medicine. Okay. Then there's also, you know, the more structured, formal education piece behind it and luxury experience with the medicine. And I fall in line with the luxury oh, experience <laughs> of, of the medicine. And of course, you know, I, I kind of want to add, because this was an important part of my decision-making, you know, that so many people had done this and there were a lot of, um, documentaries and also podcasts that I listened to with celebrities, with very well-known people that had an experience with ayahuasca and what that had done and how that transformed their life. So I was super eager and inspired by that. And so for me, that's what I wanted. And I wanted, I wanted the ability to go in and dig deep, maybe open up some past traumas that maybe I had not known or considered. But then at the same time, my ultimate goal was how do I connect with Taylor? So anyway, I chose a resort for my, for both experiences. I did one in January and then I did another one just recently in April. And the, both of them were, you know, five-star resorts that offered a structured environment to partake in the medicine and a very ceremonial process to take that medicine. And the first piece of going into that is the preparation weeks before you take the medicine. And that consisted of the right diet. So you are eliminating pork from your diet. You're eliminating sugar. 
you're eliminating dairy and anything processed. So you are really taking on a clean, organic diet. There are so many different timeframes and timelines that are put out there. Some of these ceremonies require a 30-day timeframe. Wow. Some of them are less stringent and give more flexibility and allow for a three-day to a two-week timeframe. Okay. So I personally chose the 30-day and I felt like that really kind of set the stage for me to feel eliminated of, you know, any toxic toxins that were in my body. So I spent yeah. 30 days with the diet and I mean, the, no caffeine, no, no alcohol. <laughs> yeah. So there's no alcohol for three days, no caffeine, no coffee, no sugar. And yeah. then there's also the no sex, which is no 30 sex. days. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'll, a little TMI, but, you know, no masturbating, yeah. which was interesting that they threw yeah. that in there. And I saw this and thought, wow, really? Like, what? what's the reasoning behind that? And so, yeah, so what, that was my question is, what is the reasoning behind that? So the, the, the main reason on the sex is that your partner that you're with has an energy. Yeah. And you need to be able to come to that retreat or ceremony with your energy and we can exchange and blend energies when we're intimate. Oh, okay. And so the, yeah, we, and, and we can hold on to other people's traumas or experiences and they can uh, get blended and mixed with ours. And I know, and I'm certain that there's other reasons behind that, but that is what yeah. I took from it and my understanding of it. Okay. And okay. So, so in preparation, so right. you do all that for 30 days and then you go and did you do a seven day is there five days? What is the time frame you go? Is it very? There's a there's a variety that offer, you know, four to five days. Okay. I chose the seven day. Okay. And the seven day retreat offered four ceremonies. So both resorts that I went to, two different resorts, both fantastic in their own right, but very different experiences. And each one did four ceremonies. Now, the first retreat I went to in January, which by the way, was over the anniversary of losing Taylor. It was the five-year mark. And so yeah. that was kind of one of my, it was my solo trip. And it was also a, a time that I, you know, was really focused on connecting with him. And the second one that I did in April had a whole different experience um, than that first one. But the first one did four ceremonies, two in a row, and then a break for a day and then two in a row. I personally loved that format. Now oh, that okay. I've done both, uh -huh. this last retreat that I did was four in a row. Oh. Okay. And, you know, you're doing four days of getting your ass handed to you. Yeah. You know, basically in a good way. Yes, it's hard work, but yeah. it's also so good. And you do walk away feeling lighter. You feel more intentional. You feel more connected. So there's all of these things that transpire over the course of those four ceremonies that ultimately get you to this state yeah. that hopefully and ultimately you've released some traumas. I have personally witnessed with people that I know and that I've met at the retreats as well as outside of the retreats in my personal life that have cured addiction yeah with four ceremonies one ceremony is what personally did it for them i've witnessed people that have had traumas from childhood that they weren't even aware of that showed up wow. for them and that released anxiety never feeling anxiety since they've been back from the retreat yeah so it's a pretty powerful medicine and a pretty powerful experience and mother ayahuasca as we reference she knows when you're ready she knows what you need and you can go into the retreat and the experience 
with a list of what you think you want. Yes. But she doesn't give you what you want. She gives you what you need. Yeah. And so part of that process is, is really having the ability to let go Yeah, and see what shows up for you. Okay. So paint a picture for us who have no clue what this is like. You go to the retreat because clarify what it actually is. Where are you? Are you in a room? Do you just take something? What is the, what is the process? process. Because I really want to get into your experience too personally, but like for those of us that have no idea, paint a picture for us what it looks like. So I'm going to speak to just the resort experience okay. because that's what I know. Okay. And when I say resort, you, you're going to, whether it's a four or five star resort and you are, you know, you ha- it, it's like a vacation, but let's be real. <laughs> it's not truly a vacation. Yeah. Are we, are there times where I'm sitting by the pool? Yes. And that's usually yeah. during the day because you're processing what happened that night. Okay. So things have, the ceremonies are at night. So yes. Okay. So all ceremonies take place at night. And the, in these cases, they started anywhere between five thirty and seven. Okay. So you spend all of your day kind of preparing. And part okay. of that is you get a clean breakfast and you okay. get a clean lunch and then you do not eat after 2 p.m. Okay. that day. Okay. And you, but you can drink water and liquids up until your ceremony starts. Okay. And then you meet in what they call the maloka. And okay. the maloka is the space where they do the ceremony. And you will have a team of shamans that provide the medicine. Okay. Um, in some cases, they do all of the singing. They do the saging of the space to clear okay. the energy. They provide the ambience of what that ceremony is going to look like and how you're going to experience it. Both scenarios that I've done, you're averaging anywhere from 20 people, which was my experience at the first resort. We had about 18 to 20 people in that Maloka. Okay. And this last one I went to was about 40 people. Oh, wow. Okay. And are you just gathered around on the floor? Or are you in chairs? How does so they that... put you with, they have you placed on a mat. Okay. And they spread the mat out throughout the mats for however number of people that are there in the maloka. And okay. you are laying with a blanket, a pillow, and a mat that's comfortable enough for you to pretty much spend the evening on because you will be there from, in this case, we started ceremony at 6 p.m. and we would wrap up around 2 a.m. in the morning. Okay. Oh, so wow. you are committed to the night yeah, and you are alongside however many people are at that particular retreat. And you, a lot of it's done in silence. You show up to the Maloka, you sit typically in a meditative position or you're lying down You're waiting for the shamans to prepare and get the medicine ready. They're doing their own personal meditations and preparation so that they can provide that space. And then they will call you to come up and take your first drink. Okay. So it's a drink. It's a drink. You're taking. Okay. So you go up with your cup and they pour the medicine. They do a prayer over the medicine and then you set your intention. So the whole plan behind why you're there is, you know, you have an intention that you would like to go into the medicine with. And while Mother Ayahuasca is going to give you what she needs, you still want to have some form of a plan that you're you're not just going in without some type of intention. And so yeah, they'll advise you to go in with an intention that will maybe help you to reconnect with whatever it is you, you need to connect with. And so okay. you set the intention with the medicine and then you drink it and you go back to your mat And you can either sit in, again, another meditative position. You can lie down. 
whatever feels comfortable and you wait until everyone has taken the medicine. Oh, okay. And then you kind of just wait. And the medicine can take anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour to, in my case, the medicine initially usually takes about two hours to kick in. Really? Which is very hard because you're just waiting and waiting and you are questioning whether or not it's working. If you're immune, at least that's what I typically end up going through because as I'm sitting there, I'm already able to tell that the medicine is kicking in for most of the people around me. Oh, wow. So I don't know what that is. If it's my yeah. the way I metabolize it, what that looks like. But for some reason, yeah. it takes a little bit longer for the medicine to kick in. Once it's been a couple of hours, the shamans will open it up for you to take a second drink. And so you have the option of going up. If the medicine did not work, yeah. then you want to definitely take another drink. And if the medicine is working, the suggestion is if you can hear them call, and you can walk, drink, don't think. You should be taking another drink of medicine. Okay. And that really helps us to get into that subconscious level where we are going in and sinking into that space where the healing can begin. And when you get to that space, there's usually four areas that happens with the medicine. And when I say four areas, there's four different responses that can take place. The first being a body a physical experience. Okay. And so that's going to be the purging. Oh, yes. Everyone's talked about the purging. Yes. Everyone's afraid. Oh my gosh, I don't want to throw up in front of 20 people. One, I just don't even want to throw up. (laughs) Yeah. Or the other side of it. It's coming out the other end. Yeah. And all of it is part of the process. It's all really good stuff. And honestly, that was something I was so afraid of was the purging. I just, I didn't know how I was going to feel about throwing up in front of 20 other people, let alone 40. Yeah. And that kind of scared me more than any of it. I was so hyper-focused on the purging yeah. that I didn't even have a chance to think about what the rest of the the night was going to look like. Yeah. And But you've got everybody around you just going through the same thing, right? And you're puking in a bucket. Oh. You are puking <laughs> in a bucket. And yeah. yeah, it's as awful as it sounds. Yeah. And it's also not that bad. And yeah. coming from me, yeah. you know me, yeah. you know my personality, yeah. you know what a jaja I am. Yeah. And so for me to say, I'm going to go and I'm going to puke for however many hours in front of whatever wow. people. And and that kind of just tells you, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy work. It's tough work and it's rewarding work, but it is freaking hard shit. Yeah. You said both times it was the hardest thing you've ever done. It's the hardest thing I've ever done next to losing Taylor. Yes. And yeah, I did it twice. Yeah. I went back to a second retreat. Yeah. And that kind of makes me think about the question. People say, well, if it's so powerful and it's so good and it's 10 years in one ceremony, why are you going back? And all I can really say to that is I feel like there's always more work to be done. In your first experience, you may not get completely what you need out of it and you might need to go a little deeper some people can do it once and they're done and they never have to go back again. Wow. And then there's other people that are continually learning and growing and doing more work. And it does change you and whoever and whatever that looks like for you coming out of it, you might need another change. Yeah. You know, if you, you've, you've learned so much that there might just be more work that needs to be done. And so you do have the stories of people that have done 30, 40 ceremonies. 
Discover adventure, discover luxury, discover Moab with exclusive retreats for your next vacation or event. Wake up to amazing views only minutes from Utah's most breathtaking national and state parks and Moab's best shopping and dining. Enjoy your fully stocked vacation home with private pool and hot tub. Every room is a luxurious private suite, plus daily maid service and private chefs are available. Exclusive retreats. We're not your home away from home. We are better. Book today at ExclusiveRetreats.com. Because all the research I've done, not being there and not have done it, but there's there's so many positive benefits that I am seeing and hearing from people that swear by it. It changed their life. And it's a lot of people who have suffered from ADHD. We talked about all those different things, but we want to hear your story. <laughs> I've heard some of it, but I want to hear what... What were you hoping to get out of it? But what did you, because you said earlier, I was hoping to get one thing and Mother Ayahuasca, is that how you refer to Yes. Gave you what you needed, not necessarily what you were hoping for. But tell us what the journey looked like for you. So I was kind of going into the four stages that can happen or the four experiences you can have with Ayahuasca. First one being the body, which is the physical part of it. The second one, that means the throwing up, the, the purging, purging, all purging. that. Okay. And the purging can be yawning. I would go through nights where I would just yawn and I wouldn't purge. Oh, okay. And there are some people that don't throw up at all through the enti- any of the ceremonies that they've done. Oh, okay. You can have yawning, the throwing up, the diarrhea, and you can have crying. You can have shaking. Any of those are considered physical. Okay. The other one that you can get is what they call pintas. And you know, for me, I did not know what a pinta was. And a pinta is described as the kaleidoscope. So you could get the colors, the kaleidoscope colors are so beautiful. And you can also get what they call the sacred geometry. And it kind of looks like this grid of another dimension really? that can take place. Okay. I experienced that in my first week and I did not know what it was. And no one had told me that that was a thing. And I kind of freaked out. I kind of panicked. Wow. The third one is what they call a consult. A consult is when you go so deep that you're in that subconscious state of mind. You're, it's considered even maybe connecting with your higher self. You're possibly like in another dimension and you get a, a visit. And so people have shared stories from having conversations with Mother Ayahuasca wow. to talking with God to speaking with their loved ones that have passed over, identifying and speaking to their spirit guides that's considered a consult. So you're having a conversation with whoever that is and, and you truly are visualizing it and it's happening Wow! in, in that state. And everybody wants a consult. Everybody's looking for that experience and they're, and they happen. I firsthand have, have witnessed people coming out of, out of the uh, medicine and have shared some miraculous, very profound stories including Kenny had a consult, which was amazing. Yeah. He actually got to have a consult with Taylor, yeah. which was beautiful. I personally did not get that experience, but I did get images, which is considered part of the Pinta. So the images of past memories that show up like photos and they just cycle through all these memories that are stored away. Wow. And most of those memories that are coming up are things that I hadn't thought about in years and years and years that somehow, some way, affected and built the person that I am today and how I cope and deal with certain things. So I kind of got off track, but I'll go back to the last one is what they call a nada. So some people can take the medicine and just have nothing. 
they fall asleep. They are in a deep sleep through the entire ceremony and they don't wake up until it's over. Everybody prays for Anata. That is like the ultimate goal is to, is to be asleep and while the medicine is doing the work. And the medicine is working while you're sleeping. It's really creating new neural pathways oh, wow. and, and rewiring areas where you, that have held you back and allow you to come out feeling probably lighter, more energized, and more clarity is what I would probably say. I got a nada on my last oh my retreat. Okay. And at first I was like, what happened? Like nothing happened. And the next day when I woke up and I was starting my morning, I could not believe the clarity that I had, the release of heaviness that I had been carrying and just a new lightness. And so I was able to really reflect on that and go, oh, wow, something was happening while I was sleeping. Yeah. And I was able to feel the benefits of it later. So those are the four main things that happen when you're under the medicine. Okay. So you touched on the pictures. So you had that experience. So um, you said it's like a lot of different pictures. So if you don't mind me, I mean, was your intent ever what you got? No. Okay. (laughs) So I don't recommend that you go into doing an ayahuasca retreat for the intention of connecting with your loved one. I think that that is a beautiful gift if it happens. I went for that purpose. Yeah. And what I got was a lot more. I did get some connections with Taylor, but ultimately I learned so much more about myself and I've been able to come out of both of these experiences feeling more connected with who I am, have so much more compassion and empathy for the little girl, for little Christy growing Mm -hmm. up and how she survived and all of the ways that she used, all the tools that she used to make it through. That was probably, well, I know that was, I I, I never anticipated that. And yet because of all of that, I feel like I am so much more mindful of myself. I have so much more awareness for myself and I feel more connected to my inner child than I ever have, which brings more peace. Yeah. It's brought me more hope. It's released a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And ultimately has just kind of reframed so much for me personally. Wow. I mean, I think that is incredible. So basically your images, not to get anything specific, but your images brought back stuff you had not, you'd probably buried or forgot about. So what you're saying. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's the most beautiful thing is, I mean, I can't even imagine how many images, because you said it sounded like there were well, a I, lot know, of I'll images. Just, I'll give, a, give an example of one of them. You know, there were so many that were you know, put in front of me and, and I would literally, I was literally laying there going, Oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that. What was that? And the goal is to see the image, find the feeling and emotion that is happening when that image surfaces, because if you can tap into that emotion, then that is where the magic happens. You're tapping into the emotion, you're working through it, you're processing it. And then you are literally shutting a door on it for it to never show up 
for oh. you again. And that's where the release is for you to move forward. That's where the what they talk about the 10 years of therapy in one ceremony. Yeah. And I had an image show up from a time when I was 17 and it was so traumatic at the time. And I never gave it the validation that it deserved in terms of how it formed me as a person and how it formed me in terms of showing up in a relationship. And this image came up and I, and I thought, wow, that was part, that's part of my past. That's part of my makeup. That's why I do this. And in this case, it was a lot of my wall that I built. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of the armor that I've put around myself when it comes to controlling situations, controlling the people around me so that I can protect myself from disappointment, protect myself from the fear that I have at what might happen. And I was able to sit with that image, acknowledge it, remember the little girl who got through it and have so much compassion for her versus judging her. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then shut the door on it and move forward. Wow. Well, I think that right there is because I think a lot of times we bury stuff or we have not acknowledged or, and so I think that's a beautiful thing that you, how much compassion you have for that little girl, which was you. Because you just put up that, you know, you just keep going forward. So even though I wouldn't say you are a person who deals with anxiety, a lot of the things we talked about, why people go. At different levels, right? And Yes. And, you know, I feel like I need to touch on this really important piece, which is reconnecting with your soul. So this is going to be really deep. This is going to resonate with some people. It may not resonate with others. Yeah. But I think it's worthy of talking about. Yeah. And they say that all of us at some point from the time we are born, to six years old, have some form of trauma that fragments our soul from our wholeness. And it could be as little as your mom yelling at you. It could be as extreme as being molested as a child, losing a parent, losing a sibling. The level of trauma is not what we're talking about. It's just the trauma of itself that could have triggered this. And what happens is our soul kind of separates and creates this lack of wholeness. And that is what transpires over the course of our maturity, where we are disconnected from our true self. And that causes addiction, depression, anxiety, all of those things that we end up living with. It shows up for us. And there's more, you know, it's yeah. addiction, anxiety, yeah. depression, bipolar, yeah. personality, mental illness, all of that comes from that point in time in your life. And the goal with this medicine that most of these, I want to say, retreats or any or, or just the ceremony of itself is how do we reconnect back with our soul? Yeah. How do we reconnect back with our true self and get that wholeness again so we can live authentically, intentionally going forward? Oh my gosh. Well, that's it right there. Versus medicating ourselves on a daily basis, trying to just cover up the pain or whatever we're dealing with. Right. And yeah. And so part of that is that awareness. So yeah. for me, these little things that have happened are slowly connecting back with myself and that's wow. the miracle. And that's the 10 years of therapy. Cause you can do it with therapy. You can do it with breath work. You can do it with meditation, but it takes years to get to that 
trained ability to go deep into your subconscious and let go completely so that it can show up for you. And ayahuasca fast tracks that process. Wow. So that's a big aha moment. Like that's a big, I mean, I can only imagine you coming out of that night and seeing all that and connecting with your younger self or just giving the compassion with your younger self. I mean, God, I can't even imagine what that looks like. What else do you want to share that was um, eye-opening for you or something that you learned? Well, and the experience and the belief and the education that you get with, if you get the right programming, is that the medicine doesn't stop at the ceremony. The medicine continues to work. And so the integration after, you know, people say, okay, now you've done the ceremony, you were there. What happens when you come back home and you get back into your normal routine in your life? And so their focus is to really make sure that you have the ability to integrate back in. Yeah. And that process, if they've done a good job, provide you with those tools and how you can slowly integrate going forward. And while that integration is happening, there are more aha moments that are taking place, more reflection that is happening on the backside that you're not even realizing that starts to kind of show up for you with different situations throughout the days afterward. Wow. And for me, I've, I've continued to have those because I'm so much more open. Wow. My vibrational level is elevated uh-huh. and I have so much more awareness. And the self-awareness uh-huh. is what really, I think, helps us make those changes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, you had a beautiful experience. I mean, it was a beautiful experience for you, even though I know you said it was the, one of the hardest things you've ever done next it's- to losing Taylor. But, you know, we talked about the new you in 22 and we did an episode not too long ago about how we had these intentions for the year. But you really have still, I mean, that's a that's a journey and a commitment to a new you and to really dig deeper. I think it's inspiring. It's still, I'm still doing it, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't think the journey is ever fully over. I think if we're committed to improving our quality of life, improving ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately that is a benefit to everybody around us. I, you know, I personally, you've heard me say this. I think everybody should do ayahuasca. Yeah. I think our world would be a better place if everybody did ayahuasca. No, is yeah. that reality? No, not, yeah. and it's not for everybody. So yeah. I say that kind of tongue in cheek because it's not for everybody. And it's, yeah. it is hard. It is so hard. And I, and I kind of jokingly, but seriously say it's not a vacation. You're going to get your ass handed to you. Yeah. But at the end of it, when you are done on the other side, the beauty and the gifts are so amazing that yeah. you look back and go, you, you, in the process, you're thinking, why am I doing this? Will I ever do it again? Yeah. And usually it's like, I'm never fucking doing this again. <laughs> why did I sign up for this shit? It three months later. <laughs> and I did it three months later. And yeah. I'm not going to say that I won't probably ever go back and do it again because I don't know what the next year is going to look like. But I am still committed and open to what shows up for me. And I'm processing every emotion now that comes up. I'm more aware and I'm, I feel like I'm living more authentically. And I had no oh, idea wow. that that's what I was going to get out of this. Yeah. And what a beautiful gift. Oh, I love that. And that was one of my questions is, I know it's probably not for everybody, but you still highly recommend it for people who, I mean, the best thing to do is go on and do the research just like you did. I went and did a ton of research 
And I know for me, I'm still like, I don't know, but my son really, really, really wants to do it. He's ADHD, suffers from some of that and hoping that it seems like it calms the mind or there's a, it's a different, I would say, spiritual level that you encounter and are able to control, or I guess more of give up the trying to control yes. the outcome and embracing what will be. It's powerful. It's magical. It's so many things. And yes, I would say everybody should do it. But again, it's not for everybody. My daughter is going, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm committed that every one of my children need to experience ayahuasca. I don't know if ultimately they all will. They all are very curious about it at this point. Yeah. Our youngest at 20 is going. Wow. And it's kind of, it is one of those, is she too young? And has she had enough life experiences that it's going to have an impact on her? And the reality is, from what I have learned, if I had done this at 20, who would I be today? Yeah. If I had had that experience. Yeah. And there were lots of people there that were under the age of 30. Really? And I just looked at them and thought, wow, you're going to be like amazing by the time you hit my age, yeah. in the 50s. And I, I have to, you know, also acknowledge, which I can, you know, I can't go back and change it. But I do ask the question, what if Taylor had had this experience? And how would that have maybe changed yeah. the outcome? And that's not my reality, but it is something that I think about because it's such a powerful medicine and it is prevention yeah. and it is helping people that are struggling with mental health and yeah. PTSD. And so it is providing miracles for people. Wow. I think you just, you just kind of, that is the message right there. So I'm so happy that you got to have that experience. I'm so happy that we finally get to share your story on our podcast because a lot of people have asked about it and have been excited to hear what it, what it looked like and how it was. I would encourage everybody to go on. You can research ayahuasca. It is not legal in the United States. However, I know that we have seen things pop up, but my understanding is not legal in the United States. So you have to go to places like Costa Rica. Tell us all the places that you can find it, Christy. Costa Rica, Peru are probably the most common. Okay. Um, we're going to include the websites to the two resorts that I visited and we'll give you some other links to reference for those of you that are searching. I would recommend doing some YouTube searches. Yeah. And there's some podcasts out there that have a lot of good information. Yeah. And just do your research, be open and take notice. Now yeah. that you've listened to this, now that it has shown up for you, really take notice of what is coming into your world, because that's when you know you're being called to do ayahuasca. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think someone could benefit, please share. If there's a conversation you think we should be having or a topic that resonated with you, please let us know. You can engage and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pieces of a Woman Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you listen to us on Apple, leave us a five-star rating and a comment. 